Everybody, welcome to Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of dogs, the show of Milan, Dublin, London, but mostly today's show and conversations about tequila. Today's interview is with the global brand ambassador of tequila, Fortaleza, Stefano Francavia. He's an amazing guy. He's very candid. He takes care of dogs. He lives in Guadalajara now, and it was a brilliant getting to know him in his brief stint in Austin on his way to San Antonio. The main thing that I really loved about this conversation, besides how amazingly candid and personable Stefano is, is there is this new Tequila Fortaleza Still Strength Tequila Blanco coming out at 46 or 48% ABV. It is astonishing and it really redefined the way that I looked at tequila. So we talk a bit about that talk about a lot of different things and mostly the worldliness of Stefano himself. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this great chat with Stefano Francavia. It was a surprise for me too because yeah. when I showed up in uh, Georgia, we did a we did an event like a classic uh, classic wine tasting. So it's a, uh-huh. like a big tasting our distributor they make. Yeah, um, Fortaleza was already there, right? Right. So I think most of the things that have been done there, it was they were done before I actually started doing doing this. So right, it's like right. I'm, I'm I'm glad and happy if I contributed somehow. Yeah, you know, making things bigger and yeah. volumes bigger and sales bigger. But you know the the basic the fundamentals of that work has mm-hmm. been done in the last couple of years. You know, Fortaleza has been around for 2005. I've yeah. been uh, been working uh, with uh, with a company for about uh, almost about a year now. A year now, also about uh, March March 20, 2015. Yeah, March April. So you know. And I, I, I love, though, that con- like maybe there's some folklore. There's like a myth to your persona, right? Like that you'll go into a market. And just spread the word of Fortaleza, then everybody's like, "This is amazing! I love Stefano. I want to carry the product." I mean, it, you feel like you, you're a charmer that you can go in and really do good things. No, kind of, uh, no. Are you? And you're, and you're I, not, love to, <laughs> I love to say yes, but yeah. not really. You know, like, uh, uh, nah, fuck it. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, you're charming. No, no, you I have just, to know you're charming. I'm not charming. I just, oh. I just. I just do what I know right. doing, you know. Yeah, I just speak funny. That's why people <laughs> think I'm funny. I'm like, I charming, think he knows yeah. what I think he knows what he's talking about because he speaks funny. <laughs> it does. It does. Does it? Uh, does yeah, it but work? I don't do it on purpose, right? <laughs> does it help with the women? The women love the, the accent. I don't know if you're married. I, I don't see if you have a ring or whatnot. But I mean, um, uh, it seems like that's that's another good sales point having that accent. Yeah, maybe it's not bad. So maybe I should ask for increase, man. Yes, yes, right? you should. The, good, good call. That's good. The uh, merit raise based on the accent. on charm. On ch- well, charm too. We were talking before the mics were on, and you grew up in Italy. 
yeah, in Milan. Uh, was uh, born and raised. My family still lives. They're All still my family there. still live in Italy. Yeah, was born and raised in me in Italy, and I got a. I always been kind of a. You know, uh, how do you? I would just say like uh, against current kind of type of person. Interesting, so kind of like a. A, pu- a rebel, a punk? Uh, kind of a punk, yeah. yeah that's like a, that. the like that. description. Yeah. In a limit, right? But sure. I always said my, I never be comfortable at home. Uh, so I did, um, I finished my school and, uh, and I said, okay, I'm going to stay in Milan. I'm going to start the university. And I said, no, okay, I'm going to travel. Okay, I'm going to so yeah. I'm going to learn different languages. I'm going to meet new people. So about... In '99, I left Milan and I went to. I started up with Dublin because I had a friend back then mm-hmm. who that she was living there. How so old were you when you headed to Dublin? Eighteen. Uh, I was twenty. Twenty. Okay. Yeah, because I'm born in 1979. Yeah, 36 uh, now. I'm 36 now. Yeah. Thanks for the reminder. I'm 35, so I, whatever I can edge out for right. people that are yeah. older. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I moved to Dublin and I actually stayed in Dublin for six months. Yeah. It's beautiful. I didn't speak a word in English. Still, then you were only Italian. Only Italian, yeah. Yeah. Uh, No English at all. Uh, Well, still now, I don't speak much, but I try to. Oh, it's good. Very good. And um, so I used to work in a, a, of course, in an Italian restaurant, not being like a busboy, so bringing plates to the tables, not even taking orders, just being like, Bringing right, 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 right. But uh, like my Irish experience lasted for six months. Because did you it like was, it? Uh, I love the city. Yeah. But uh, the only thing I did was work and drinking Guinness in the pub because <laughs> it was raining and it was windy. Right. And said there was there aren't the nothing else to do rather than like work and drinking beer, uh, listening to good live music. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, for that's sure. good yeah. for sure. Some that's whiskey now and again, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. So we chase, you always chase a beer with a whiskey. Sure, always. And uh, so I lasted six months. I said, no, okay, it's not yeah. for me. Go back to Milan. Uh, I stayed in Milan for about three months, mm. uh, four months. And I met uh, my back then uh, girlfriend. Yeah. And we decided to move to London. London. So I said, okay, what kind of, so let's did you, go to London. I, I love that, that there's so much access there, like in the States, right? So we go, if I go to the equivalent of New York, I could have went deep into Europe from Dublin. You know what I mean? Like everything's so sprawled out in the United States that it's still just kind of the same culture. But but so when did you do anything food related when you were in Milan before you went to Dublin? Yeah, the difference is though. But getting back to what you just said, yeah. that you if you travel to to Texas or Louisiana, right, you still speak the same language. Right. If you travel right. from Italy to Germany, totally different. Though. I mean, the same distance. Oh, I've got we've got it easy. You know that. I mean, you know, it's very very. It's like, easy. but still. I mean, it's it's good. You got a lot. Of, you got a lot of people. Actually, no. You you got a lot of lazy people, right? Mm-hmm. But in the new generation is getting a little bit more common for people to get get pack it, pack their bag and travel. Around. Yeah, uh, well, I think that we we get tired of being handheld with culture and like just experiencing the same singular American culture. Yeah. We get very curious, you know, want to go other places and experience other things. And Italians especially. Italians are really recognized as uh, what we call the mammone. Mammone. Mammone from mama, right? Uh, yes. So people, they love to stay at home because uh. they have food ready. Their mom, they just clean their stuff. Yeah. Clean, iron, iron it. They're taken uh, care of. 
taken care of. Yeah. So my brother, for example, is uh, eight years older than me. He was at my parents' house until he was 34. No shit. Yeah. Well, because like, we are two di- completely different persons. Yeah. Uh, myself at 19 and 17. No, I can't. You want it. to. You, you want to be. You want to go. a career. You want to learn. You learn. But at that point, you don't think about a career. You just think I need to get get the fuck out of here. Out of here. Yeah. I need to have my experience. I need to meet as many girls as I want. As, <laughs> yeah. as I want. And right. like um, you know, is it I how need to is get it? Body. How, yeah, <laughs> it's a good. That's a very good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how because come on, don't tell me that you live at 19 years old to a different kind of say, oh yeah, I'm looking about my career. No, fuck no, you're looking no, about getting fucked up and man, yeah. meet, meet girls and meet people sure. and uh, do whatever you can. The experience. Li- live, the the, live, the, live the experience. That's right? right. That's totally right. What What is it like growing up in Milan though? Uh, so I grew up kind of in the States, which again is pretty singular, but is it, are there those wonderful pastures? Is there a bunch of vineyards? Is it all the food fresh? I mean, all these things that we romanticize as Americans about Italy. Uh, nothing like that. Nothing Mi- like no. that. Good, good, good. Milan is, uh, Mis- Milan is considered like the more industrial city. Yeah. Uh, one of the most in- industrial city of Italy. Like the more, like, where the most money is. Right? Gotcha, okay. So definitely is the most expensive city to live in, uh, fashion, in Italy. Fashion yeah. and all that kind of stuff. A lot of big companies have their offices in Milan or just around Milan. Yeah. So it's not like the fairy city that you can imagine sure. as an American. Very metropolitan. Uh, it's very metropolitan. Yeah. Um, it's nothing like, uh, I don't know, the Chianti region sure. in C- Tuscany. Uh, Catania. Or Sicily. C- yeah, or yeah, yeah. No, forget about Nothing it. Nothing like that. And uh, Milan is gray, a lot of buildings. Uh, still, it's, it's got its charm, right? Yeah. It's got its big things going on. Um, you can do everything in Milan. As, a, as every big city offers you, mm-hmm. I mean, you can find everything. Uh, most, mostly every time of the day yeah. open. So, so yeah, it's, it's like good. a big metropolitan, yeah, big international yeah. city. The only thing about it that I don't like, a lot of people from Milan is, is really, uh, really pretentious. So they yeah. know. They know. <laughs> they live in Milan. Uh-huh. They know they're from Milan. Right. They behave like Milanese. Like, right. you ever been to LA? Uh, Los I Angeles? did. I did. It's very similar, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel. Let's, let's not talk about LA. Uh, maybe some people is listening to us. No, that's okay. They're, the people that are listening from LA are obviously good people. Okay. They gotta be so, great. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly the same. <laughs> It is yeah. fucking totally the same Pretentious thing. Pretentious totally. as shit. Yeah. They think they are the best in the world. Right. Yeah. But they don't know. So it's pretending to be the best, but not knowing why you're the best. It's a lot of super fashi- superficial. Yeah. Yeah. Superficiality, superficial. for sure. Shality, yeah. So, you know, sometimes it's really hard. It's almost impossible to know someone yeah. just because you're meeting on a bar. But everything yeah, yeah. turns around. Everything goes around of what you do how much you earn right. what you drive what you drive you know how you dress uh, yeah dude, it's bollocks not time for that. yeah fuck that because that's not what living is really now not to get too philosophical but sharing experiences that are honest and pure and getting to know people in a real way not concerned about how much fucking money they make exactly. that's what living is about that's what traveling is about absorbing the culture is oh yes please using the capita and this is the Fort Tequila. Yeah, sure. And that's the Fortaleza at 48. This is the, yeah, still strength Fortaleza Blanco, 48%. Yeah. So. That's insane. So we'll have to talk about this in detail because I want to talk about all the products that Fortaleza is putting out now. But this, 
you seldom get a wonderful, rich agave tequila on it, tequila at 48. Hardly ever. Yeah. I've only had one other that was higher proof at one. Uh, I think it was only like 43 to 45 that Zambrazul, the overproof. And this is just just. And this is uh, straight out of the steel, so we don't we distill actually at this strength. So no water so added. No water. Amazing. That's so this is amazing. actually came out of the steel straight into the bottle. Yeah. And we are really we really want to put it this into the market because you can do beautiful things with uh, it. It's beautiful drink. Very rich by itself. It's yeah. something awesome. Oh, I'm I'm very lucky for. Thank Salute. you so much, bros. So you made your way from Dublin to London. Why? Why did you and your girlfriend at the time go to London? Not that it's not a wonderful spot, but what drove well, you? She just finished university, so yeah. um, you know, she, I was I was living in Milan uh -huh. and I was working. Oh right, you uh, went back from. I was right. working for back then. I was working actually for MTV Italy. No shit. So I was working for when there were concerts. Yeah. I was helping in the production, you know, so backstage stuff like that. Mm. And we had a big concert in Bologna. And you know, in the mm -hmm. concert, she was part of the crowd, and we met. And said, wow, I like you. And she was like, wow, I like you. So, yeah. <laughs> would you remember what the concert? Who was the who was performing? Do you remember? Uh, there was it was a festival, so there festival. was a lot oh, of bands. lots of people, lots of yeah. people. mainly Italians, Ital yeah. Italian bands. I think Blur was like featured as oh, a amazing as a, as a state as a you know as a star. Yeah, as like a headliner. Yeah, for the, as a headliner. Show. Yeah. So you guys meet. So we met in a concert. Yeah. So we met. She was in the public. So we met, and then we came out. Uh, we get out together, and then the week after, I just traveled from Milan to Bologna. We stayed together, and after two weeks, we said, "Let's okay, do it. Let's go to London." That's amazing. And she was like, "Yeah, cool. I finished university, but we didn't really know each other, right?" Yeah. So we you moved to London just to seize in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a mistake, right? It was a mistake. Why is it a mistake? Because uh, let me let me let me get out. Yes, so yes, yes. We please. moved to London, so. From knowing each other after two weeks, uh -huh. so we moved in. We were in King's Cross. Uh -huh, you know? uh -huh, yep. We got in, in King's Cross, and we had a little tiny apartment. Yeah. So from not knowing from not knowing each other <laughs> to share the same apartment twenty four hours a day. The intimacy. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> and she was she's uh, she's uh, from uh, Puglia, which is on the south, extreme south, mm -hmm. just on the tail of Italy. Right? Okay. Okay. And she was so jealous. Everything I would do, I could not. Young, was out. she younger than you? She was older. Older, okay. Yeah. Still jealous. Yeah, she was jealous. Uh, you know, Pugliese. Yeah. Is that just one of the Mujeres, things? Uh, like women from Puglia that usually really jealous. Really jealous. Interesting, okay. And uh, could do anything. But to that point that she, you know, some days she said to me, give me your phone. And we were living on, uh, I think, at the 10th floor. Uh -huh. And she said, give me your phone. I need to check your phone. I said, no, what? you're not going to get my phone. She got yeah. my phone. She threw it out of the window. She threw it at 10 stories? Like, Dude, you're mental. What the fuck? After yeah. two weeks? After two weeks. See, now I... No, uh, well, after three weeks, we oh, moved after to London. Weeks. Okay, yeah? okay. And we lasted a month and a half together in London. And then Locked we up in that small room with each other. Yeah, and then Shit. I... We had a couple. We had another couple. We were sharing an apartment. We never met. We never knew before. Like yeah, a yeah. Kind of Indian couple. So, you know nothing wrong with it but i was just no use to smell curry right and strong spices it doesn't go away 24 hours a day it sticks and to i you. was like dude why am i doing this <laughs> yeah. and so after a month and a half i say i'm sorry but i need to get out of it yeah and i and i moved out and then we took different paths and she's still in london she's happy we are really good friends now yeah uh, where did you go but she's mental she's <laughs> yeah and she smells like curry, apparently. And she still smells like curry. <laughs> no, well, I don't know. I didn't smell anything. There's something time. about it. Like, that's why I never wanted to work in a restaurant. Not because I don't like to cook, 
because I don't want to come home smelling like it all the time. You have facial hair? This is like a magnet for smell. It is. Like, hair, and just in general. You got to wash and wash. It just seems like more trouble than it's worth, frankly. Yeah. So you get out of there after about five, six weeks, you say, smelling like Yeah, and great. then, um, you know, by the time I got out, I started to, I found a job through a friend in a, in a really famous bar in, in London, in London called uh, Lab. Lab, okay. Uh, L-A-B, which stands for London Academy of Bartender. Oh, interesting. Where, which in, area is it in? In Soho. Oh, Soho, okay. Old Compton Street, yeah. yeah. So I started there. Still, my English was really poor. So I started working there because we had a friend in common with the owner. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know, you can work in here, have a trial. So we, are, we were having a trial of myself and uh, three other guys. All English speakers, right? Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, one thing I can be proud of, I'm a really hard worker. So if you Good. put me to work, I can work straight 24 hours. I'm taking notes. I'll find, I'll find a way for to yeah. switch you to work. And so we had a trial and uh, I got a job, you know. I, I didn't Wonderful. speak yeah. I didn't speak English, but like... They knew you, I they knew you would do it, yeah. And I did it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at the beginning it was kind of frustrating because I couldn't understand what the people were saying to me. Right. Like... I kind of what is happening now they don't understand your questions right right but um you know after one day after one week after two weeks you know sort of build learn, and build you and build. you know step by step you learn a different word you yeah. know how to express yourself uh, washing glasses and uh, that's how i started you know and uh, stayed there for about 10 months and then uh, then i moved to another bar and then i you know English is getting better and English better all the time, better, which probably opened up more opportunities for you, right? Like the more English you can speak and of having course, all this. It's like, uh, I mean, you can actually live in a country, right? Yeah. Uh, for me, living in a country, I don't speak uh, a decent uh, language of yeah. the country is very disrespectful. Sure. Um, because, you know, uh, there's not much you can do. Right, right yeah. So, I know a lot of peop- a lot of people, a lot of Italian living in London still now. Mm-hmm. That the English is it's really it's very limited yeah. because they created since day one a group of Italian people living right. in London. Right, so it's insular so and they don't they speak, go outside of it. Exactly, right? yeah. it's Italian. So if they can speak it, they cannot write it. So ah, I see. Uh, I, n- I feel that writing and speaking a language of the country you live in is something essential. Yeah, essential. You, you have to be able to. You can't be writing like a two years old kid, right? Because it doesn't look good on you because you've got an intellect that's far greater than that, but you can't express it. It doesn't, in that yeah. Language, you know, you know. And for me, I find speaking and understanding, especially in the United States, yeah. in Europe, is in the UK, for example, for me, it's much easier to understand people speaking uh, British. English with British accent. Interesting. That, okay. uh, English with I notice American a couple. accent. Do you so I think I find it more clean, more clear, yeah. more easy to understand for Absolutely. Me, right? And I, I notice a couple words like the way that your elocution is that I can tell you lived in London because you have some words that are very, very prim and proper the way that you deliver, much like British English, which I think is a lovely thing. It's quite lovely. So right, it's where I learned, right? Yeah, it's brilliant. Salute. So where, salute. Where was the next spot then you worked after lab? Uh, after lab, I went to, to an hotel in Charlotte Street called Charlotte Street Hotel mm-hmm. for a little while. And then I moved to another spot in Covent Garden called um, Salvador and Amanda. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I work with a lot of good bartenders. Uh, Agostino Perrone, uh, which is 
I think he's been the best bartender for a taste of the cocktail for okay. a couple of years in a row. Uh, Dre Masso, ah. uh, Mark Drew. Uh, what was the, the biggest spot in London at that time? Was Milk biggest, and Honey? Yeah. The biggest in terms of... Uh, uh, sorry, the, the most popular or the most world-renowned. Artesian wasn't on the map. Milk and Honey were probably, okay, yeah. yeah, the best cocktail bar back then. And it's changed a lot, I hear. Um, yeah, now it's not. It's not what it used to. A lot of a lot of change. I actually don't know if it still exists in London, Milkani. I'm 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 not sure. Yeah, I was there the other couple months ago. It's there, but I people that I talked to in the industry out there are like, man, it's just not what mm. it once was. Have fallen. A couple of months up. ago, you were there. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it was beautiful. Loved it. Really, really loved it. And that's why I love hearing about it because I want to go back so much. And you spent so much time there. Did you at some point you're, you're doing these gigs and you're in hospitality? Do, does the cocktail bug in wanting to make cocktails and thinking about ingredients, does that hit you? Do you start thinking about that? Uh, I always loved cooking. You yeah. know? I always loved the, you know, uh, my mom loved to cook. My yeah. father loved to cook. Loved, uh, so I always grew up in a house where everybody would cook, you yeah. know. And ingredients for me are part of the, when I started, I started like a hotel school mm-hmm. as a chef. Oh, Okay. Um, so, eating, drinking for me are uh, the essential part of living, right? Absolutely. Uh, Besides, other stuff. Then. <laughs> but there's some, you know, physical stuff. But, there's some physical stuff. <laughs> but staying alive and not dying, food and drinking, very minimum. So but um, you know, I always loved like mixing ingredients and, yeah. and stuff like that. And it was in actually in lab when I first met. Uh, the reason why I started with my overseas travel to the United States mm-hmm. it was uh, Julio, Ber- Julio Bermejo. Maybe you heard about him. May- maybe what is he? Um, he owns a bar and uh, a restaurant in San Francisco called Tommy's. Which oh, yeah, is yeah, yeah. Actually, right now is uh, doing the 50th, 50th anniversary. Yeah, that's right? amazing. Is he the, the, what do they call it, the liaison for tequila? Uh, well, is a tequila ambassador. That's right. That's for the United right. States, yeah. right? Which Appointed by the CRT, which is the Council Regulator of Tequila. Yeah, an so, amazing, amazing position to help to hold, especially yeah. in America. Yeah. And it's always been like a big pusher uh, of tequila as yeah. a as a main category, um, not just in the United States, but in Europe. Because the first time I met him was Lab, yeah. like in two thousand and three. No kidding. Way yeah. back before this boom kind of happened, too. No. The Way tequila had always school. been more popular than mezcal, but now it's an agave boom. You know, it's changed quite a yeah. bit. Yeah. Well, now everything is a trend. Yeah. Right. So is that good or bad? Do you think? Uh, trend indicates short term. Yeah, and I think it can damage some categories somehow. Yeah. So, but I mean, there's nothing we can do to, to change. Sure, that. we can just try to help. Try to we educate. We can just you know? try to help and. Um, but yeah, what you know, that's what uh, the developing of, you know, social networks sure. and internet. And now you can see everything that happens in the other side of the globe in right. real time, right? It's it changed that. It, I mean, obviously technology, which is a whole other conversation, but changed the market and the way you can do business profoundly. You can connect with everybody. I mean, just, just case in point, right? We've been con- talking via fucking Facebook yeah. to coordinate this, you know? I mean, it, it's very helpful. It's a great technology. So at some point, you did you f- feel like you kind of 
not burned out of London, but you hit your max potential there and then you moved or? Uh, I love London. I still love London. I think yeah. it's uh, probably my favorite city. Yeah, uh, you know, I just, just love it. There's so much going on. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but, you know, I was 25, 20, 25 and I said, well, I need to move on. I need to do something else. Mm -hmm. So I packed my stuff. Um, and I moved to San Francisco mm. where Julio was opening a, new, a brand new place, a, a brand new restaurant called Tres Agaves. Tres Agaves. Which back and this time you didn't move with another woman that you knew for two weeks. No, right? I... No. <laughs> <laughs> it actually, was just you, right? <laughs> I actually moved with a French guy. Okay, that's which good. Which was a, fr uh, fr a good friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, his name is Charles Vexena and he now lives in... He now lives and he owns a bar in Ibiza, Spain. Oh, very cool. Um, also a fantastic bartender. Yeah. So we moved to, to San Francisco. Why San Francisco though? Not that I love San Francisco, but what was it that drew this opportunity? Why? Because the Julio, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because uh, Julio was opening this new place. Was he so recruiting you? And be like, come, come yeah, on. Exactly. Come on. So yeah, exactly. So he said to us, uh, well, I'm opening this new place. Do you want to come and work for me? For oh, amazing. Amazing. Sometimes. So. What, what do you think it was about you that, that he saw? Because obviously you had to have some kind of passion or some kind of, um, inclination towards agave did did you know that you loved agave even at that point when he's wanting to bring you in or is there something well else you it? know you're just too charming for him you know what i think i think no i think what happened was uh you know how it goes a lot of people say yes i'll do that yes i'll do that yes yeah. i'll do that and then at the end of the day do nothing right right, right. so i think we just start talking about it and um he actually didn't expect us to do he didn't think you would do come, it yeah right? But we did it. And so then, he always, said, then, you ha then he has to give you a job because you came all the way over, right? Exactly. Yeah. No, it was really happy. It's, it's been a really good friend. He is a really good friend. Yeah. And uh, But I don't. I, I think that we unconsciously, he didn't expect us to really go there. Right. You know, from London and leave everything behind. Just go there for 10 months to work. Yeah. And doing bartenders, yeah. But right. in the country, we didn't know. Well, I think that speaks volumes about you if you're like, fuck it, I'm going. Yeah. Who cares? So I'll drop like, it on. Uh, yeah, let's do. So had you had you like San Francisco at that point? It's uh, different. Totally I love different it. than I loved it. Yeah. 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 It was good. You like the weather? Uh, uh <laughs> well, I know. Used to London it wasn't Oh that, that's true. It's it wasn't that dreary. Uh, strange, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I remember we were staying actually Julio's house in the Julio's sister house. It was a uh, you know San Francisco a little bit? Uh -huh. So we were like in uh, Avenues. So Gary and 37 Avenues okay, up. Okay. Almost uh, getting to the ocean. Yeah. So it was foggy every day, every time of the day, sure. no matter what. So we got there in October. It takes its toll, man. It hmm? takes its toll on your, your emotions. Like being in that, for me anyway, being in that fog, it's just like it makes everything. Yeah. Maybe, but maybe, maybe that's when you get real creative and really. You know, we were in uh, Julio's house, in Julio's sister's house, so we yeah. had a lot of tequila stock. See, in there you the go, cupboard. So you know, you get a little <laughs> tequila, and then you, you start walking your, around, and you're fine. You know, <laughs> your it lighthouse. Like, it like settles your emotions. So that's right? true, or if nothing else, heightens them in a positive way. You got it. There's something strange about agave now, strange in a good way, but mezcal and tequila, they always enlighten your spirits. I find that people really are quite happy and convivial when they're drinking these spirits versus whiskey. People go some fucking dark places. I don't know why that is. There's no yeah. scientific reason, you know? So it gets you through it. Uh, whiskey, gin, yeah. maybe. Gin, maybe gin it does it. Does it make you mad? Uh, I don't know. It make me, makes me 
really sensitive. Really yeah, yeah, yeah. Introspective thinking. thinking. But I think it really depends what happened in your mind at yeah. that specific time in where you drink. I mean, you know, it's true. Uh, but the, but agave but is generally more love. yeah, agave is more like you know, very love. Like, I mean, a good yeah. time. You know, you have a you have a bottle of tequila. Yeah, cool. Yeah, you're you're, you're you're wasted, but. <laughs> Still, it's Still, great. It's fine. We were right? hugging instead of punching. Cool. It's amazing. You don't want to punch thing. someone in the face. No, no. you want to hug and be like, all right, I understand you now. So how long were you staying in San Francisco at that at that particular house? Say that again. So how long were you staying at that house in San Francisco? Yeah, for the whole time. So we the stayed there for huh? 10 months. And uh, we opened up Tres Agaves. And uh, things were going good. You know, the restaurant was uh, back then was uh, probably the yeah, the biggest selection of tequilas like in the states, right? In uh, I think California for sure. In the states, I'm not sure, but I think so because mm-hmm. we, we had the huge uh, a lot of a lot of stuff going on, and um, was good doing good, you know. And, like we met a lot of people, mm-hmm. and uh, after ten months, you know, we said, uh, okay, we need to move on. How old were you when you when you exited Trace Agaves? It was 2006, 2005. So 27. So was, uh, 26. 26. Which still, I mean, that's a lot. It's a good amount of traveling. At this point, I'm sure your English is adequate and you can communicate, get jobs, yeah. talk to people. I mean, Still that's charming. A, still charming. Yeah. Well, I can't imagine you lost that. <laughs> You're born with that shit, right? <laughs> but, Bros, thank you so much. Where did that take you? I can't wait to hear where you went next after those 10 months in San Francisco. So... In Tres Agave, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a fantastic uh, stage for us because we could meet a lot of producers, yeah. right? A lot of agave and tequila, especially producers. Sure, sure. So we met with Carlos Camarena. Ah, and yes. We met with uh, Jaime Orendain uh-huh. from Tequila Rete and Carlos Camarena, obviously from El Tesoro. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Kind of like and a rock star. He feels like a rock star to me a little bit. Like <laughs> He's one of those persons. Yeah. Right? So yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Carlos is uh, like a, you know, a distiller. Sure. He's no, like he, a rock star. Yeah. It's strange how that works, right? The only other equivalent of that it's is in the bourbon. Yeah. You know, Jimmy Russell and, and those guys, you know. Yeah. Te- tequila making is like, tequila mezcal making is like bands. Yeah. Right? So it absolutely is. Rock and roll, you got pop. And, yeah. and uh, every band has got his singer-songwriter Absolutely. and every distillery has got his singer-songwriter in yeah, their own way it does and in a different you genre can, you can either like it more or less right that's brilliant that's, that's exactly how it is you know do you know Akalino from Vago so Akalino uh, no is I never had the pleasure to meet him he so when I think of Carlos Camarena I think of uh, very well put together maybe David Bowie-esque uh, just very fashion rest forward peace. rest in peace yeah absolutely uh, been a tough one there, but then I think of Akalino and I think of like the I think of Fugazi or I think of Bad Religion. I think of punk because he's he's just that kind of gritty guy, and but still very charming, you know. So I love that analogy. I always go back to music, but it is very much like that. The rock stars, those different people, the Paul McCartney's, the Mick Jaggers, which are yeah. totally different, you know. I mean, everybody in our industry, on top of our industry, are like characters i mean it's mm-hmm. not like people look at from below and say wow this guy is really cool uh, mm-hmm. like uh, look at guillermo no guillermo sausa carlos camarena thomas estes mm-hmm. uh, julio bermejo which is also making his own tequila like a lot of people uh, it's like wow these guys yeah. you know 
טקילה מייקרס בא. They could be fucking singers in, uh, in I, the most popular rock ever. You wouldn't even know. For fucking sure. Like, you wouldn't even know. Because they have that captivating... You wouldn't think that someone is so dedicated to a trade and tasks and a process would be so captivating and so charming and so charismatic. Yeah. That's the thing that's so impressive about these guys. Is, and that's because I think spirits are love and spirits are music, as we were talking about earlier. And thus, it's your way to play your song. Exactly. It totally is. So right now I feel like our team, uh, Fortaleza team, is yeah. like more like a band. Uh, so I see myself as a drummer. You're the drummer? Yeah. <laughs> everybody thinks you're crazy, man. I hate to break it to you, but drummers, <laughs> everybody thinks drummers are crazy. Have you ever worked with a drummer? Uh, oh, well, I don't think I'm normal neither, but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I don't mind. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Day, does I don't it? care. So But you you were meeting a lot of producers in San Francisco. Did one of those? A lot of producer, kind of and then uh, we decided to move from. Uh, first, we moved from San Francisco to Peru. Oh really? Yeah, to Pisco? The, the little town so, of exactly to yeah. the little town of Ica because uh, Carl Charles a new uh, producer called mm-hmm. Melanie Asher uh, that produces a oh. Pisco called uh, Machu Pisco yes. and Diablada. Yeah, yeah. I I, we haven't met, but we've got a virtual virtual friendships. Well, somebody Fantastic. I'd love to meet yeah. and talk. Yeah. So you can you'll be able to ask him. So I'm gonna say, name drop you now. Say <laughs> say say to her, Stefano says hi. Yes. Right. All right. So yeah. Well, me and, me and Charles moved to Pisco for about a month, a month and a half. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. So we work with Melanie um, in a distillery again for free, just working just there to learn, right? Yeah, uh, learning how yeah. things were done in the Pisco like process. And uh, it was great, you know, yeah. uh, picking up grapes, uh, you know, pressing the, the grapes for right. with our bare feet and oh, like, bare wow. feet and like amazing. Like, yeah. We stayed there for a month and a half. And um, then from there, we moved to Mexico. So we spent the first three weeks in Mexico, three or four weeks in Mexico in, mm-hmm. uh, in a red distillery called Llano with Jaime mm-hmm. Orendai. And... Um, Then we did mostly uh, field work. So field work. Chopping yeah. the piñas and yeah. uh, trimming them. There was a truck coming and picking us up at uh, 5 o'clock in the morning yeah. because they got a field pretty far out in the town. So picking us up, going in the field, start working. And um, you know, 10, o'clock in, 10 o'clock in the morning, like breakfast in the field, yeah. like taquito with frijoles, oh, uh, beans, uh, amazing. Amazing. Best, best food best, in the world, right? One of the best breakfasts. Ever? I have a head. Yeah. Like tacos in the fields. Yeah. Like brush fire. Oh, my uh, gosh. Taquitos, tortillas with frijoles yeah. and a little queso, like uh, yeah. queso de mesa. Beautiful. Fantastic. Beautiful. Nothing better. Nothing better. No, I really do think so. And um, that was amazing. But the funny thing is, uh, you know, the first day they come to pick us up, mm-hmm. you know, we showed up like two European, really cocky, sure. uh, like... flip-flops, shorts. Shorts at least. T-shirts. Right. Okay, okay. Uh, we shot up like that. Yeah. Right? And then, you know, How the guy it? come over with a truck uh-huh. and uh, it was like a two-seat truck on uh-huh. the front and then uh, there was a cage in the back. Right, so right. Everybody was in the cage, but we could not see them. So, the truck came over, mm. we opened the door to get in a passenger seat and the guy said, no, 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 you go in the back. In the cage? Well, in the cage, like uh, where everybody else was. Yeah, every, everybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, every other worker was. Right. So we opened the cage and everybody was like really covered with 
uh, duvet and jackets and hats and we were like Why? shorts and flip flops because it's really cold the five o'clock in the morning in tequila oh i see it's like uh, oh if we cold for them but not cold for for you right well it still was still kind of I mean, it yeah. still was to be in uh, shorts and t-shirts yeah. and flip flops right? so I said fuck it are we gonna do this so we jump on the truck and we take hold of a piece of things we saw there mm-hmm. and say let's just let's do it keep right? strong dude. yeah we can't just we're like shaking <laughs> the cold, and everybody was like pinching ringos <laughs> they were laughing at us and yeah. like, like geez. so th- <laughs> we learned a lesson the day after the afternoon we went to buy some boots we went to buy some jackets, jackets. We went to buy some proper jeans yeah. so we went to the so the day after we were like you totally set good and ready and set to go to work were well. they still calling you names yeah. at that point but still now no no <laughs> they're like all right they get it all right they got it yeah. yeah but still now every time that we go to those places and we meet mm. those same people or 10 years ago they recognize us and yeah. you know the that's same ama- workers that's amazing. Uh, that's amazing it's incredible and it's, that it stays that tight that tight of a mm-hmm. community it does yeah and especially for them you're like a stranger yeah get into their world right they've been doing it for decades doing right? what they're doing and weird because nobody does it yeah now back then even less people less do people, it sure and um so we spent about a month and a half doing that and mm. then we move uh, from uh, tequila valley yeah. to los altos uh, do some doing some distillery work so oh, we start working with carlos camarena and Alteña, yeah and doing some uh, everything that basically what was happening after the agave right came into the fermentation to the, the, the end so the agave comes in too? the cooking yeah the milling the, the milling right um, fermentation and distillation and the bottling as well yeah so it was a great experience you know we could learn a to set of tequila making in about three months time yeah it's an amazing experience to ever get that a lot of people don't they're very far removed from their food they're very far removed from their spirits and those smells the sweat the injuries, the strains, that yeast smell, like all of that stuff combined, that is what makes it real. And you don't ever, like when you, you smell a spirit, right? And you taste it, and we've been drinking this Fortaleza at 48, which is just beautiful. But there's some, some notes there that trigger memories of ferments that I've smelled and I've dealt with and had on my hands, it's in my hands, you know, like these kinds of things. And a lot of people don't get to experience that. So I imagine it was a wonderfully rich and rewarding experience for you to be out there fucking doing it exactly i mean it was it was the best we could have done yeah and, uh, there's no better way to learn no better way uh to get your hands dirty literally dirty you really need to sure. understand under your nails especially especially when talking about agave world uh tequila and mezcal making yeah. uh, uh recio bacanora sure. also told whatever it is um you really need to understand. I mean, we got into the field with the idea, oh, fuck, yeah, we're going we're gonna to harvest. So we're going right. to coin our hands. We start to harvest. After three plants, my hands were full of blisters. Yeah. And I couldn't move them. So they said, you know what? The guys in the field say, you know what, gringo? <laughs> I harvest and you collect the plants and yeah. you load the trucks with the plants. So, But in a good way. No, they're really... Sure. They well, they're making it work, never right? been, uh, they never been showed any lack of respect they're, they've been really cool and yeah. just said you know what then better you look at the way i do Play it your and talents. you do something else that's right? right yeah and you recover your hands and so we were doing that that's an amazing 
I, I really admire when people do that because there are so many shortcuts you can take and never have to get your feet dirty, hands dirty, never get those blisters because those fucking blisters, that's the key. That's when you know you're really doing Blisters, it, you know? exactly. Blisters uh, teach you how to do things. Absolutely. That's why we're putting up, well, we've been putting up for the last six months in Fortaleza a program called uh, Bartender Work Program. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, it's a week-long program, Sunday to Sunday. Yeah. So if you want to come in Fortaleza and work um, for the whole week, so you arrive on a Sunday, you just pay for your flight ticket. Mm -hmm. We take care of your Lodging accommodation and, yeah. and uh, you you pay for your food. But the place where you stay is actually the apartment of uh, the Arrete guys distillery. They have, a, oh, they have an apartment, a big apartment on top of the distillery. So yeah. people stay there and um, you work full ship. Like you start on Monday in Arrete doing the harvest. Yeah. And then on Tuesday you are in Fortaleza doing the Taona. But we're talking about Amazing. six to three. Yeah. 6 a.m. to 3 o'clock ship. And uh, on Wednesday, there's a distillation in Fortaleza. Mm -hmm. And um, Thursday, we got, a, we got a blending session in, uh, in a distillery, La Tequileña, with Don Fulano Tequila. Yeah. Uh, so you can actually learn how to blend, do the different blends, different age in no tequila. And then on yeah. Friday, there's a there's bowling and the stop and making and back in Fortaleza. So, so cool. it's a full week. Nobody can do it. Nobody wants program. to do it. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, we don't force people to do it. No, but so far, we have about, we have confirmed we have eight people between January and February that won't come to no do it. No kidding. We got uh, four, four people, people from, uh, from people from California. One guy from uh, Norfolk, Virginia. No kidding. And a girl from... Um, uh, Las Vegas, and we had some other girl from uh, Victoria. Yeah, a good friend British from uh, London. Yeah, oh, and uh, Carol from uh, Chicago. No kidding. So and they love it, and uh, it's amazing. You, you know? never, you'll never be the same. You never, never be will. the same yeah. because we don't accept more than two people at a time. Uh, why? Because if you are more than two people at a time, you kind of create create your own group. Sure. So you just you're there. But you're not there. You know mm -hmm. what I mean. Okay, you're there, but right, you right. speak English. So the idea is you to take actually you, rip you out of that the comfort the, zone. Exactly. Yeah. The idea is you're there, but you need to actually meet who's working with you, and hopefully you will leave after a week knowing one, two, three, four, five, twenty new words in Spanish. That's amazing. And you yeah. actually create created a relationship with you socialize yeah. with real workers. You have to. You have to. You got to survive. You got to survive. Which is a really important thing. So when did you start working with Fortaleza officially? It was uh, March 2000, March of this year. So yeah, so almost coming up on a year, almost a year. Almost a year, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And did did you feel like all of the experience you had both behind the bar working at Tres Agaves and then being in the fields and learning fermentation, did you feel like this is the perfect gig for me because I've been on both sides of it I've worked, I've blistered, and I think I'm a good, I'm the right guy for the job. Well, I've been, I've been in Mexico since 2007, so it's been nine years now I've been yeah. in Mexico. And I moved to Mexico because I met um, a good friend of mine now, mm -hmm. and uh, which used to be my, my boss for eight years, for eight years. Yeah. Where, she, where was she your boss? Uh, she's, a, she's a French lady called Sophie de Quebec, right? Uh -huh. And um, she started a, a old project called Calle 23. Okay. She's a, another tequila. Yeah. And um, so I joined, uh, I met her in San Francisco first when I was there. Mm -hmm. And then when I go back 
Tulan or from San Francisco and I said, I really want to come back to Mexico. Do you need do you need a hand to move on with your project? And she said, yeah. yeah, cool, I could use a hand. So I moved back to Mexico, we started to work together and I kind of I helped in the developing of Calle 23 yeah. on a fi- finalizing the project on putting it on the market and uh, on the mar- the kind of the marketing end, the ad- the advertising end. Uh, the yeah, the kind of uh, you know, Fortaleza is small, Calle 23 is much smaller. Oh, okay. And uh, so you don't have uh, really budget you don't that, know right? you don't have roles there you don't uh, you don't say i got a marketing person the marketing gotcha. person does exportation does sales right. does whatever uh, it takes that day exactly yeah. you know what i mean so we were about three people in the office and um, other people at the distillery and so but i first met guillermo back in 2005 i remember we were in a club called van gogh in guadalajara mm-hmm. with uh, julio and mm. charles Guillermo was there, so we went back to Tequila that same night, and we visited La Fortaleza the day after. It was a really beginning of the Fortaleza 2005, mm-hmm. so it was really starting, you know, with the production sales. Right. And um, you know, we always had a, like a f- uh, like a good relationship, like a friendship. Sure. And then uh, at the beginning of last year, 2015, I said. And I said, I need a break. I need, I need to switch over. I need to to do something else. Uh, different brand or different? So market? I left my job. Yeah, uh, I left my job. But you're I still said, in Mex- Mexico, just kind of. Yeah. Living, yeah. Well, I got a girlfriend. I got five dogs in Mexico. No, oh, nice. <laughs> so I'm, I'm pretty pretty stuck in there, sure, right? Sure, sure. So, so I can't just say. It's yeah, not so bad. It, I'm going somewhere else. No, I'm, I'm happy. I'm yeah, happy that's with great. My girlfriend, I'm with my dogs, and a lot of work, but you know, sure. it make me happy. Yeah. And um, so I left my job. I just said. I need I need to do something else. So break. I need to live need it. Break, yeah. You know, sometimes you feel stuck uh, in your comfort zone for so long, then you just don't take decision because and you don't you take risks. Work, right? You don't take risk, and I f- probably I should have done it before, but I didn't. Uh, I'm glad I did finally. Mm. And, uh, and as long as I love the brand I was working for, Kevin Tres and uh, you know its owner, Sophie yeah. de Quebec. Uh, it was I, I needed a change, so I did that. I took that decision, so I moved on, and I've been without job for about a month. And then uh, we were having lunch with Guillermo, and you know, I said, you know, if I ever had to work for another tequila brand, yeah, yes, to be a brand that I believe in. Sure, I'm not the kind of person that can work for a big company. No, you've got your your virtues, your ethics, right? You know, I can't. I can't follow the hierarchies all the time, and yeah. uh, I don't see the point on that thing. I like familiar, uh, small companies mm. uh, orientation orientated. Right, right, right. So I had lunch with him, and I said to him, "Well, you know, I left my job." You know, but were you? But it was just a conversation, right? You weren't really. Seeking, it was like we were. were no, we were having lunch. Yeah, together. just ca- just just lunch. Having lunch, lunch, I say, you know what? I, l- I like my work, and. Uh, what do you think about me working for you, Fortaleza? Uh, yeah, and I said, "Hmm, yeah, I think that'd be great." So we start working together. Amazing, so, you know, with him and uh, Billy, his son, uh-huh. uh, which is uh, sales and marketing manager right now, and um, you know, we started straight away to roll Just on, rock on, it. put ideas, yeah. and uh, you know. And work on the future, and so now we're building. Uh, we we started to build uh, a bigger and better team. 
Yeah. And you know, see what we can do. What's well, been so here's the thing about Fortaleza is that you guys have credibility, right? Now that when brands come out, even if they're you know five, ten years old, and how old is Fortaleza now? Do you say that starting in 2005 when things were kind of like kicking off? We actually 2016 is the 10th anniversary. Of 10th anniversary, okay. Fortaleza. So to, 2006, you guys enter the market. In that amount of time, and the figures, and I don't know if it's Spirits, Spirits Business or whatever this organization is that, that does it, but Fortaleza is now one of the top 10 trending brands, top 10 selling and top 10 trending brands. Hot, I think they call it hot brand. I can't remember what, what they call it, but you're on the radar now. Not you know top I mean? selling, top tra- actually we is came tr- in the top trending in number five. That's right, last, yeah. last uh, couple of days, a few, yeah, a few just days. like this back, week, yeah. right? Or last yeah. week. And check the link out because tomorrow, after tomorrow, it should come out the te- just tequila category uh-huh. list. So it should be like number one. No logically. shit. Yeah, logically, we were like a number five in a total category. That's amazing. This is the dawning, the era of Fortaleza. It feels like a good time, doesn't it? A good time to be on this team. But that's, uh, I mean, that's been amazing to see that because, yeah. uh, I mean, if you if you read about uh, how they do the old votation things, mm-hmm. like 57% of the bar, they actually voted for the thing uh, mm-hmm. from Europe. Oh, really? We are not even distributed in Europe so far. Yeah. Is it you? Is it your, your legacy, having been in London? Uh, or? Uh, no, <laughs> I doubt it. But uh, it's amazing, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. We are not in Europe yet still, like we are number five in the list and uh, i mean for us it's incredible and uh, so we want to you know we want to put all the efforts we can to to make it to make it better right. to make it big and uh, not to make it big to make it big in our market yes. in our segment right because we can you know we we will get to a point pretty much soon mm-hmm. uh, that we can produce much more than what we're producing because we don't have much more than Nataona or much more than two steels, which are really tiny right. and uh, much more than an oven. So we do what we can and uh, we do try to make it steady. And right. to Are you guys wanting to get, are you wanting to max out or are you wanting to max out what you've got and then expand more? Uh, our focus now is to skip Fortaleza, yeah. what it is, yeah. and do what we can. So before we were doing uh, one shift a day, now we are starting the trials to do two shifts a day. Yeah. So nothing changes on the project. We just need to hire some people to work more. More more work, more More work. Yeah. Exactly. It's not a bad problem for the people. Before you used to use, um, we used to cook once a week. Yeah. And we used to do uh, 15 tons oven a week. Mm. And we used to go through the old oven in five days' time. So we used to cook over the weekend. Right. And then on Monday, we start with the first taona, which is a three tons taona. It takes three five taonas to go tons. over the five, 15 tons oven. Right? Gotcha. So now we're going to cook twice a week. Yeah. Yeah. And do two taonas a day. So also like Monday to Friday. Mm-hmm. But rather than start at six o'clock and finish at three o'clock and everybody goes home right at, shift like day, a, shift like a B, crew right? like yeah. a crew start yeah. at five at six o'clock is finish at three and the crew b jumps in that's right and yeah. it does like three to twelve so basically new people fresh people like need to work right it's good for us it's just good night for them. shift is all you know not and bad. we can hopefully get to four thousand liters a week which yeah. still that's a, is it's pretty small compared, compared to, yeah. yeah but so that's why sometimes they say that we run out of stock, but yeah, that's actually 
You got not me. true. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I get it. That's what we do. We are trying not to anymore. Yeah. No, I think that I know that this year especially is going to be pretty spectacular. You guys are doing the B shift, all of that. But so, kind of refresh me on the skews that you guys have. So the the first thing before we actually talk about that, we've been sipping a still strength Fortaleza Blanco oven that is there's no water added. So the the distillate itself blended the puntas the hearts and then the colas equal 48 percent abv and this as 48 percent is so incredibly beautifully nuanced flavorful you didn't add water because sometimes when you add water it just breaks those oils out of suspension you get a little bit of a different mouthfeel but this is one of the most impeccable spirits i've had in terms of how balanced it is and just the flavor there so let's start with that so you guys are going to try to bring the still strength Fortaleza into the U.S. market? Uh, yes. Uh, we working on the label right now, on the yeah. labeling, as we are doing for the extra one. But mm-hmm. um, we think that still strength it can bring, especially now that palates are more used yes. to higher proof spirits. Right. Uh, it's easier for, you know, if you would have thought about bringing a 48%, 46% uh, spirit into the market like 10 years ago, people yeah. would have said, hmm, doesn't work. Right. But right now, I mean... Barrel strength bourbon, there's plenty of high price stuff. Navy strength rums, gins, And it definitely is, to me, another dimension of taste. I mean, it tasted, it's 48%, this particular Blanco, and it's like, wow, it's a lot of flavors. It doesn't feel like 48%. It... And I, I promise I'm not exaggerating. It casts a new light on tequila for me. It does. I've never tasted tequila in this way that is so vibrant. It's like the upgrade to HD, right? You catch all the details to it, and it is intensely smooth. I hate that word, but there's so much oil in it, and it's so rich. Like you really seldom or rarely get this kind of experience with tequila, ever. You just don't. There's so much water in it. You just get so much water. You don't get the true agave. You know. You and really still. You know, for us, it's not that much water. A lot, a lot of many other different producers they prefer mm-hmm. to steal a fifty-five percent mm-hmm. and then bring down the product fifty-five, uh, forty percent. Mm-hmm. In the case of Blanco, we still are like kind of uh, lowest proof, I think, on the on the industry. So we still are forty-six, this forty-eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the amount of water we actually add into it is limited mm-hmm. compared to a fifty-five percent tequila. So still, there's a lot of flavors in our forty percent, yeah. but not I think still strength is it's insane. It's best way to drink. I'm the fucking. The I'm so blanco. lucky, man. Thank you so much yeah, for sharing that. But so the other products, of course, you the regular Fortaleza. The we got a 80, yeah, 80 blanco proof. percent, uh, blanco eighty proof, forty percent reposado añejo as well. Yeah, extra añejo is gonna be forty percent as well, and um, extra añejo is not out on the market yet. Uh, we've been uh, kind of. A little delayed into sure. bringing extra nickel in the market. It's been uh, probably a couple of years. Yeah. Um, but it would be out soon. Sure. Point. Good color on it, I imagine. Hmm? Really nice depth and richness and color. It's yeah, good. it's going to be five years old. Five years. So, you know, there won't be much of it yeah. because our barrel house is not that huge. So. <laughs> well, you're not, you don't, ha- you're not a bourbon manufacturer. Yeah, exactly. You know? our, our space is limited, yeah. but. You know, we're getting better into it, you know, as, as I said before, we are a small company, so everything step by step, yeah. little by little. You're heading to San Antonio this week to do some tastings with Fortaleza, and then there's also 
an event. Now, this will probably air after the event. But how do you feel about being considered the, the world-class tequila among the best mezcals that there are? Uh, well, I feel honored, privileged, and, uh, well, I hope uh, expectation for people are rewarded. Yeah. Know? Like, you know, I know actually that I meet someone and I get them to try Fortaleza. I mean, they're happy with what they're having and, right. uh, you know, they're happy with the with the kind of impression they have with me and uh, whatever else. I try my best. And it's uh, that, as you mentioned, it's the accent, right? That's what wins you over. Some people, maybe they just find it so charming. They're like, what? Tell me what you want me to buy. I'll, here's my money, Stefano. Like, take it. Well, take you know, my money. Some some people think it's charming. Some some other people say, "What do you say?" <laughs> that is, it's really a fifty-fifty yeah, combo. Yeah, you go to Dallas, right? maybe. Uh, like, yeah, <laughs> it's really a fifty-fifty yeah. combo. So, um, I know. I think it's a it's a. I just I love hearing about people's journeys, man. And you like you made it to London. You made it to San Francisco. You had, like these very rich experiences. You have five dogs. And might might I ask uh, what uh, what kind of dogs do you have? Uh, it's that like blends mutts I, I like blends blends uh, a little bit more like polite yeah breed blends yeah so all of them have been uh, finding them on the street oh that's so, amazing like uh, sh- rescue them yeah so the first one the older one I found him in a shop uh, nine years ago the first year I come into Mex- I arrived in Mexico yeah his name is Funky Boy Funky Boy yeah <laughs> And he's the oldest one. He's the only boy in the house. Oh, the rest are the females. You have your girlfriend. Uh, all the, the rest four. are females, yeah. Oh, and then uh, the second one is uh, Noah and actually adopted her from a website because he, she looked like funky. Yeah. So yeah. They, they seem like the same Siblings, breed. Right? Yeah. Like mixed, but very similar. Right, right. Then the third one is uh, Guera. And I found uh, below a car. Someone just kicked her leg so she couldn't walk. Jesus. Uh, she all right now? Still. Yeah, she's beautiful now. And now she's been with me for about three, three and a half years. Mm. Three years, three and a half years. Now she walks, she runs. I had to operate, uh, operate her though because... You uh, you they, personally? Or I well, not me. Uh, the veterinary. That wouldn't be surprised. You seem real smart. I, I think you probably could do surgery. Uh, actually, I did to. operate her. Yeah. <laughs> right. nah, I'm, not surpri- I'm not surprised. Uh, and then the last two are from Tequila. So yeah. That's amazing. There's one thing I don't like about Tequila Town. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of stray dogs. And but they're be- they're nice. They're wonderful. Every dog in its natural environment is beautiful, right? Yeah. But the the things I don't like is the way people treat um, stray dogs. Right. It's the same thing here. So you see a lot of stray dogs around. Nobody gives a shit. Everybody treat them like a fucking evil. Right. And dude, like it just. Does that break? I mean, I, it, to, to talk about that. There is only one thing about I don't like about Tequila Town is that uh, they don't treat the animals. lack of respect uh, for the animals and uh, and uh, it's hard. It's Gandhi says Gandhi sometimes sometimes says something about there's one way to judge uh, a country yeah uh, civilization right. level and that depends on how well they treat, they treat animals, their animals right yeah no I completely agree. I think that's a wonderful piece to, to end on. I mean, there are lots of dogs in Mexico. I mean, the, the time that, that I went down there, I've only been down there once, actually. But it just feels like people don't... Animals are just... They're just as pure and as innocent as anything. And people, I just can't... I don't understand why they treat them so differently or so inferior. Like, they think they're so inferior, you know? Well, I don't think um, we should be surprised. You know, if you see... Look, just look around and see how people treat people. Yeah. You know? I'm all right with people treating people like shit. I'm just not all right with people treating dogs like shit. Yeah. 
it just you know just look at them at dogs and i'm i'm a i'm a kind of a pussy so if i see <laughs> uh, the only thing uh, the, the only rule i have is like okay just considering there's so many dogs around yeah. and like, especially where i live you know if if a dog doesn't specifically need my help so either if he or she mm-hmm. not able to walk or she's hurt or right. she's too skinny or she's like she needs help yeah i won't help her because I, Otherwise, I would. I mean, if I would have kept all the dogs that I rescued in the right. last seven seven years, I would have right now sixteen dogs. Jeez. And then I found some, and I, you know, I like to get dogs and fix them, and then find a home, a yeah. home for them. Right? Yeah, home. But you know, we fight dogs. I just fell in love with, it and I said, "No, you're gonna stay with me. No, you're gonna stay with me. No, you're gonna stay with <laughs> yeah. me." And every month, I need to go and buy food, dog. And say, oh, Fuck Jesus you, Christ! You're yeah. expensive, and I need to walk you, and you know. Dude, yeah, start to make coffee sick. at least. Uh, start to make, learn to how to <laughs> make, make coffee some at toast. least. Make some toast. Figure something. Yeah. Beautiful. Pour a cocktail. A good dog, a good a law-abiding dog would learn how to pour a cocktail. That would be amazing. It would be quite amazing. Well, Stefano, thanks so much for chatting with me, man. And thank you for sharing that, that tequila. At 48, I know you guys are maybe deliberating over 46 and 48, but it's truly lovely, and it makes me glad that I'm alive to experience this. No, thank you. Thank you for your time. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. Good luck with everything. It's a pleasure. Thanks, man. So what do you guys think? Stefano sounds like a very good guy to hang out with, right? Like, if nothing else, if, if you say, well, I don't necessarily want to drink tequila. I don't really want to talk about dogs. You're going to find something to talk about. He's had such an amazing, rich experiences all across the globe. And it's amazing to see him in such a prominent and visible position with Tequila Fortaleza. So thank you, Stefano, so much for sharing that Still Strength Blanco Tequila Fortaleza. I don't know if you guys are going to decide on 46 or 48, but either way, it is a beautiful expression of your product. So thank you for that. It's great. And thank you, everybody, for listening to Show TV with Mike G. Again, I should mention that the Bar Institute from Lush Life comes into town, trots into town June 13th and June 14th, just next weekend. Many classes, many bar matchups, and a great opportunity to meet and learn from some of the people that really help make this industry what it is. So no matter if you're thinking about buying those tickets through Eventbrite to the Bar Institute next weekend in Austin, Texas, if you're thinking about eating more chocolate-covered banana chips, please keep dancing. Keep dancing.